Who raised you? Crime? Mistakes? And these motherfucking bitches? Y'all comedians know you've been biting the hate no TK on. shit for too long. TK. Motherfucking TK. Yeah. TK said, bit of bridge and got over it. Want the spot, but he holding it. You control, he controlling it. This shit clay, he just molding it. Had to beat all of them cases. Change all of they faces. Who raised you motherfuckers? They ain't think I was gonna make it. Keep it G to a G. It's always me versus me. Never me versus him. Cause I can't be like them. Said Latham put me on hold. But this ain't glitter, it's gold. How you gonna say no? And you don't really know. Who raised you? Hey, what's going on, fam? Oh, nothing much, brother. Nothing much. I'm so sorry I'm getting back to you a little late, but busy man. Oh, man, it's all it's all good. I understand. Yeah, I was reading your thing. This is way back in March. Wow, I'm just getting yeah, back. <laughs> yeah. But I knew if he wasn't following me, I was like, well, he's probably not going to really get it. Oh no, no, no! I got it. I just didn't hit it right back because, as you know, my schedule is just insane. Especially during that time, the pandemic had just started. Yeah, okay, okay. But, you know, yeah, I know, I know how it is. You know, I kind of went through the same thing, too. Um, had My schedule was a little busy. Then once the pandemic hit, it really kind of slowed things down for me. Right. How did you wind up working out with the investment thing? Did you learn anything? Did you do nah, I, I really, I, um, I really hadn't did my due diligence. Um, you know, I kind of had some bread put back that I had been saving for a while. Yes. Um, I, I got with one of my friends. He um, for the last probably a year and a half, two years, we've been he's been teaching me as far as like the uh, uh, doing houses. So that's kind of okay. what I've been doing like, the last couple of years. So I actually ended up uh, buying my uh, grandmother's old uh, property. I knocked the house down. And, okay. Uh, I'm actually building me a house there for myself. So he okay, he's kind of teaching me. That. And uh, I was doing the personal training, but you know, once the pandemic hit. It right. kind of threw everything in the frenzy, and everybody yeah. wanted to stop. So that's what kind of really made me start going into the to the real estate. Okay, okay. Yeah, we we live in uncertain times, right? And I see a lot of great things happen for people. I've seen a lot of mediocre things happen for people, and I've seen bad things happen for people. It's just, this is the time of life, and for the rest of your lives, our lives. We just got to hope that we end up on the right side of the coin because um, we just don't know. And this is why we have to teach our young kids and even now have the proper education and the proper skill set to survive, right? Because everybody's in the wrong field. Only the people who pick the right job is winning. Like, if you got an online right. business right now and you're selling products, especially to females, you win. All Amazon, Facebook, individual females who sell clothes and all that is killing the game. And during the pandemic, even though there has been a crisis around the world, the hood is winning. The hood undid so much illegal shit. That the he the, the hood is like the the uh, Paris the Bel Air of the world now because everybody got so much money. Yeah, 
and they disrespecting the money. See, instead of the people putting it away and nickel and diming it, you know, you pay your bills, you make sure you got food on the table, and you don't go out and buy brand new cars cash. You got to let your money work for you. You got to put a down payment on the car, they'll lease it depending on your situation, and you pay the car off slowly. Because during this crisis, guess what? You want to build up your credit. Okay. Because as you get older, you've got to have credit in America. Right. I and that's people. one thing that I've, um, I've worked out. Well, I actually ended up getting my credit in line. Probably It probably took me maybe about two years. So I actually got my credit in line. So um, I think I'm right at maybe about a 730 now. Right. So, um, and I and I've watched a lot of your uh, your interviews, so that's kind of I definitely respect you. So that's kind of where I start getting kind of the motivation and, and and just listening to a lot of things you said as far as like uh, when it comes to relationships and and, and uh, having life insurance and all this kind of stuff. So I take heed to a lot of stuff that you say. You got to have that shit, fam. And it, and and the people who are listening, it doesn't have to be. A lot of life insurance. You can start out small. The goal is CYA, cover your ass. Right? I don't care if you leave somebody only $10,000 or $5,000, but you should have burial insurance and life insurance so you take the pressure off the people who love you. Right. I know so many people in my lifetime who died and had to sit in that cold box for weeks for someone buried them. That's and, a sad and, feeling and I, to me. Right. And, that, and that's not good. And see, I'm the, I'm the only good. child. I don't have any kids. So, um, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I definitely want, want kids. Right. When I do go out in the world, I want to make sure that I'm, that, you know, that I can definitely take care of them. Right. And, 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 you, know, and you want to have the right woman. See, right. I've been, I've been having a that, problem with relationship problems like the last, probably the last year or so. Um, now, what do you think is out. wrong? Um, if it, on the outside, well, just looking at it, if I had to say, um, I guess in the beginning, uh, she was telling me all these things, you know, I guess that she wanted and that she was looking for. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure in the beginning, you know, where we were going to go with the relationship. Okay. But once we got locked in with each other, I said, okay, I think this is the woman I may want to be with. And I started mm-hmm. to kind of conform to her and just, and, you know, this is the type of guy that I am. And I started giving her these things. And I, really loved, I really loved her or whatever. And then once she started getting it, I think she seen. I don't think I'm ready for this. I thought I wanted it, but I, I don't think I really want this. How old is she? And uh, she just turned forty. Okay, that's good. that's that's interesting to be forty and not be ready though. Usually, women between thirty, between thirty-five and forty, normally want to start settling down. Normally, the world has truly changed now. And Ms. Smith woke up 
his wife going to divorce him. I just saw that Luke was married over 12, 20 years. He, he was shocked. His wife wanted to yeah. divorce him. Now, you know, I know all these people well. And you wouldn't see this shit coming. It's just that the women ain't playing. Like, you you would think that a man, when he wants to be faithful and honest, that that girl would be certain right. But I just think it's shocking because women are doing it more so to men. And that's what makes us shocking by saying, oh, shit. Me, I'm not married. It, it, was, was it ever a time I wanted to be married? Nope. <laughs> but, we, but but here is the thing. See, people scare me. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Just like what you just said, you conform to her. Just like the Emmett Smith, the Luke for the world, Will Smith, who I know he's just trying hard because that's a big loss to the divorce settlement with him. Um, even Dr. Dre laying in bed with someone for over 27 years and then you give them your whole life, whether it's a man or woman, and that person wakes up one day and says they don't want you no more. And you didn't see it coming. I can see you got cheated, you cheated, or somebody cheated, they have a good ground. But when you've done nothing, Yeah, that definitely has to be tough. And I think with me and her, uh, this is what I guess I really didn't like about it. And I guess I couldn't couldn't really understand. Um, we always had good. Well, I felt we had good communication, but all of a sudden the the communication just starts slowing down. Then it actually stopped. And then when you wanted to, I guess, break up with me, you did it through a text. And I felt I deserved more respect than, than that. Oh, man. Absolutely. Now, let me tell you what that sounds like to me. Okay. I'm going to tell you what that sounds like to me. She was she was seeing somebody else. And that's the first thing that I thought. So you, did, did you ever find out or you just don't know? I did find out. I found out that, 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 well, she said that we were on the, we were on the, we were not seeing each other at the time, and she ended up start talking back to one of her exes. But I'm like, I don't believe, I ain't no way I'm believing that because you had to be talking to him while we were talking. So I kind of got the background behind that. Okay, well, you, you were talking to him. That's why you did it through a text. And I felt like you hid behind the text when you could have just came to me and told me. Yeah, just was passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I could have, you know, it would have been hard, but I would have had to accept it. Right, right. Either way, it's hard. Through a text or even if she did it in person, it's hard. Because you, 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 you was in love. Right. You was in love. And you never saw it coming. Never. And that's what's crazy. You never saw it coming because she didn't come. She didn't just change her mind in a week or two weeks. She was doing this for a while. <laughs> yeah. And when she saw that you was getting the house, you getting things in order, and she saw you was about to pull the trigger to make this real, you gonna settle down. It scared her. 
because she was seeing this other guy and she didn't want to make the commitment. But here is the icing on the cake. You ready? Okay. The nigga going to do the same thing to her. Dude that she's fucking with now will wind up doing the same thing to her. I don't know why it's like that in life. I don't know why good people can't meet good people. But I've seen it in my lifetime. The ones we chase don't want us. And the ones they're chasing don't want them. That's exactly how it normally works. Cause I, you know, and I know, I know in my in my heart, I'm a great guy. Like I don't, like I don't bother nobody. Right. Um, you know, I just, you know, I grind. I, you know, I just get it how I can get it. And mm-hmm. uh, but when it comes to like women, it's like I always meet a woman, and then I end up being into her. And in the beginning, it seems like she's into me, but then it's always like. I guess they're not ready, or, or I end up losing them. Yeah. Right, right. Just I don't know if I'm the common denominator in the situation, but it just seems like I'm I'm doing when I when I'm doing everything right and I, right, and I make the commitment. Okay, because I could be out here running around. I could have plenty of women. You know, right, I feel like I can. Right. But when I choose one, it's like it never works. Yeah, and it seems like the, the 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 men who like when I wasn't shit, like I, even when I wasn't shit. I was the shit. Let me explain to you what I mean by that. I was never really a cheater. I just had multiple women because of what you're talking about. See, women, to me, have always been like this, right? Right. I had multiple women because when a bitch started doing that bullshit, I already had a backup. So you wasn't going to catch me and put me in a situation of stalking mode or, bitch, I can't believe you did this to me. I never wanted to be that kind of guy. But there have been times I was that kind of guy. Give me an example. Ah, I was in Michigan, and this girl had gave me some some loving, and I had a great time. So I'm calling her. She's not picking up the phone. So she winds up picking up the phone. So we got this. She said, "Oh, I have to go to the hospital because of my uh, auntie. I got to go spend time with her." So me, not planning this, just off the top of the dome, I said, "What hospital is she in?" She tells me the hospital. I said, "What's her name?" She tells me the name. She don't know where this is going though. Yeah. So I happened to be in her neighborhood. That's what happened to be. I think I drove through the neighborhood. Her car was outside. Because I had bought her some roses. I put the roses in her car. I called. She didn't pick up. Called the next day. She didn't pick up. So we finally spoke. I said, oh, yeah, I was at the hospital. And my aunt, she's not doing well. I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that, blah, blah, blah. Now, this girl wasn't my woman. I just really liked her. But this is what goes to show you when you make the effort that you'll find out. So that next day, I called the hospital, Sam. Called the hospital. Um, The hospital um, sent me to transfer the call right to the aunt's hospital room. 
And the young lady picked up the phone. I just to say her name is Shirley. I don't know. It's been so many years. And I said, hey, Shirley, how are you? She said, hi, who's this? And this lady, the girl name was Karen. I said, um, this is Karen's friend. I heard you was in the hospital. How are you doing? And the lady said, how is Karen? I haven't seen her in so long. Is she okay? <laughs> True story. Oh, my goodness. Now, That's I brought it up to her, and, and, and I left it like that. But if if everybody followed their heart and did their investigation, people will find out a lot more about a person before they would invest in so, so much time to them. And that's why people have to hold back. And I tell men and women, stack your money. Have your own place. Because see, people move in with each other so fast, but you don't know the, the ground that these motherfuckers walk on. You are taking something that's precious, your time and your heart and your dick or your pussy, putting it into this person's life, right? And this person is genuinely not ready to be in a relationship. So what I've seen in my lifetime is that you have to bet on you. You're never going to let yourself down. Like I told you the other day about the guys with this girl. She hanging onto the truck with the baby in her arm. I seen that. You seen that? And see, oh, and all yeah. it took was just one little thing to happen, and the baby fall out of that girl, out of, out of that, that um, woman's arms. But that is see, men and women we get horny when we're young. We just want to fuck and not think of the consequences, and not being properly prepared condoms or Plan B or all these things that could prevent you from having a child with this person. Now, everybody would say how the woman was crazy, right? All oh, that, that bitch is, is crazy for doing that to the baby. But the man is crazy, too, for putting his dick in the woman and nothing in her, not knowing the consequences of this person. So my point with you and the young lady, she really did you a favor, Okay. Because imagine if you had convinced her to marry you. A marry you had convinced her to be in your life. Now, a year, two, three years later, she divorces you and takes half your shit. Half now. Mm. And you have to pay mm-hmm. alimony for the rest of your life. Until she gets married again. I think that's the law. It's still that way. So now imagine now you get married, you break up, no kids yet. But when she leaves, she gets half your house, half whatever you did with her, and you have to pay her, let's say, a certain amount of money a month in alimony. Yeah. And I can agree with that. And it's funny you say that because, um, me and her was having a conversation one time, and um, her, ba- her baby daddy, I, he passed away some years ago. Right. So I guess when they were together, he, had, he bought a house and everything, and um, he ended up passing away. So his brother in, ends up 
getting the house. Her name wasn't on the house. So right. However it happened, they wasn't married, so her brother ended up getting the house. So when me and her got together, we ended up having a conversation one day, and she was like, um, I was like, you know, she knew I was doing the house. Right. Like, okay, she's like, well, I can never move in with another guy unless my name is, is, is on it because this done happened to me before. You know, I lost out. If I don't, you know, me and my, because she had a daughter. Right. And then, you know, me and my daughter, that was her dad, and it left us with nothing. So she's like, I can never move in with you because that'll, that'll be your house. I was like, okay, that's cool. I said, so you want me, I said, you want me to put your name on my house? I've been, I've grinded for you. ain't put a dime on. There you go. I, I said, okay, how about this? How about if you got your house right now? How about we go to the lawyer and put, your, put my name on your house? But I ain't going to help you pay your mortgage now. But I'm mm-hmm. going to put my name on it. I said, then if we decide you move in with me, I'll put your name on my house. But she just stopped because she didn't like the fact, I guess, that I said, okay, I'm going to put my name on it, but I ain't going to help you pay the mortgage. That's basically what it is. Like, I didn't grind it for this. You didn't do nothing for it, but you're going to end up getting part of it if anything yep. goes on. And that shit is not <laughs> fair, sir. At all. You out here. I got a guy. I was a couple of years ago. He's going through a divorce now. He called me like you reached out to me. I remember I was in Virginia. I'm working out that morning. He told me the whole situation about he was in love with this woman. He didn't know if he really wanted to marry her. She put down 20000 He only gave her five. And I can't remember all the details precisely. But I told that motherfucker not to marry her. I said, nigga, do not marry this woman. Fast forward 18 months. They're getting a divorce. This woman has lied on him and said that he hit her. She changed the locks on the door. She even called his job, right? Because he had got a lot of, he was a truck driver. He got a lot of toilet paper and paper towels that he stole and put it in the garage. The girl called the job and told his boss that what he had did. And I told him, like, yo, text me right now and say, Okay, um, my wife is tripping about that. Those paper towels and toilet paper you have in the garage. I told him to say this to me. I texted him back and said, "Yo, I'm out of town, and I call you Friday, and I'll pick it up Saturday." That saved his job. Wow! But that's how scandalous this bitch is going. She took him to Vegas. Dick fucked her real good. But next, when they got back, she had a notary republic in the house. Because she went upstairs and told him to come downstairs. And she thought because he was going to be in a good mood and all fucked up and lovey-dovey that he wouldn't think about what she was doing. So she had a person there, a notary, for him to sign over all interest that he has in the house to her. He said, hell no, I'm not doing that. Oh, oh no. Yep, so he's out the house now. He's sleeping with his, at his cousin's spot. She had changed the locks in the door, but now they have to fight for the proceeds of the home. And the thing right. that was most important to him, and, and a lot of you guys do this, and, and I think we all do it, 
is that when we meet people, we get caught up in the titles of the person, not the character, right? We'll say, oh, my girlfriend is a doctor or my husband is a ball player, but we don't never mention the character of the man or the woman. And that's what we have to start thinking about. Now, it's good to find a doctor that has beautiful character. It's good to have an athlete or whoever that got good character. But that's what you have to go by. We all get caught up in titles of the person, and that blinds us about what kind of character they have. And this is something that's extremely important. Like when you go overseas, you go to different parts of this world, and we only do this in America now. Some of the richest men and women don't think the way Americans think. I remember being in the Netherlands. I'm out one night, 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm hanging out, beautiful women everywhere, and guys are talking to the women. Ain't no cars, and nobody pushing Benzes or Rolls Royces or nothing like that. I see motherfuckers pulling bitches, and the girls are getting on back of a mountain bike, holding on, <laughs> taking off into the night. I'm, I seen this in my own eyes, Joe. Cool. So I'm at the hotel. I'm in the lobby. There's a lot of people in the lobby. And I'm just talking to people about character. About do you are you ladies interested in men who are rich and all that and I think all the women have said we don't care about money. We care about the character of the person. And that I got friends in Israel and different parts of the world and they're very, very rich. And when they come here and they always tell me how Americans are just so tied up in Gucci Prada and these name brand things, Mercedes Benzes, and overseas, they really don't care. She said, Tiki, I got a lot of money. When I come to America, I have to stay in the Airbnb for um, a couple of weeks or a couple of months because of the home second. She said, um, I'm doing, I got all this money, but because America, you got to really have credit to do stuff. And I was like, yeah, you're so right. So we're so money hungry. We're so money driven. And what the world has to stop doing is that we respect the person with the most money and think that they're smart. And that's not always true. Right. Just because you got a lot of people who will listen to a motherfucker who got a lot of money before they listen to a person who don't have no money who can be smarter than that person. Yeah, it makes sense. And that's, I guess that, that's how we, that's, like in America, that's how we think. But I've never been a, a label person. Like, I don't really care about, you know, Gucci and, and all of that kind of stuff. Right. I'm just, a, I'm just a regular guy. You know, I grind, I get my money, go about my business. You know, I like nice stuff, don't get me wrong. But right. It's not like I have, I, you know, to die for, you know, I got to have this Benz or this Porsche to ride around in because we, I can't drive. Whatever place I'm going in, I can't drive it in the building. Once I get in the building, you. I got to be myself. All my crew, you know, I came up as a, a hustler. 
Um, I, I fuck with some of the coldest organizations in the world, from Young Boys Incorporated to uh, YBI out of Philly. And always, I've always been a hustler, but I've been blessed. I've been a hustler. I've been a college. I'm a college graduate. I was an athlete. I've been a football player. I've been a businessman. I'm a dad. I'm, I'm, I'm the connect to the connect on so many levels, right? And what I have found out in life is you have to not care about the material things. Like you said, it's good to have nice things. But what you do in life, people who are listening, you buy nice things and you accumulate things as you grow. Because you got good, nice things, you can always rock it a year, two years later. Like I got over two, three hundred thousand dollars worth of watches, but I've never done it. Like the kids do today, show you jewelry on Instagram. I never really show my cars on Instagram, and I have I've had every type of car it was, but I never showed it off. I never put it out there to impress people. Right? I I never did that whatsoever because one people kill you. Two, when you fuck with the wrong. Um, mothers or women, they'll get you. So you have to, it's a shame that you pretty much have to become an introvert and stay quiet because we don't surround ourselves with winners, right? Right. And you've got to surround yourself with winners so, so your wins don't seem like you're bragging. <laughs> Everybody seems like they're on an even, on the even playing field. Right. See, when you, when you got your whole crew is successful, it doesn't sound like you bragging. It only sounds like you bragging when people are beneath you. And this is the reason why we have problems with society, Afro-Americans, right? Watch what I'm about to say. See, okay. we give white people power because what we're saying to them is that you are better than us. So we look to you for approval. We always say the white man. The white man do this, or the white man don't do that. We look for acceptance. Like Eddie Murphy and um, Dave Chappelle and the Oscars. We all look for the acceptance of the white man to feel like you have accomplished something. Always. And I, I can see that because I was just talking to somebody the other day and I was, um, well, it didn't have anything to do with acceptance, but I was telling them, pay attention to like a lot of the commercials and stuff now. Right. Like, you never see a black woman and a black man. It's always, it's always mixed couples now. Whenever yep. you watch commercials, I've been paying attention to them. I'm like, and they don't have like, but that's, that's how they want you to, you know, they, they just, that's how they want you to think. And, and, they, and, and they believe it or not, that TV shit, is a powerful tool. Not just that's a powerful tool. The shit in our hands that we have, these phones, are powerful. That's why people, when you get a chance, go to Netflix and watch Social Dilemma. And it teaches, yeah, watch that. And it explains why our children are depressed why we are so easily misled and confused in life. 
because we are programmed by social media. It has totally handicapped the young children of this world. Handicapped. Totally. And if you don't really understand social media, it could get you. Like, it was a woman I was trying to date years ago. But when she started going on social media and she saw me taking pictures with different women, she would think that these were my girlfriends. But let me explain to you what was wrong. She would always send me pictures of light-skinned women. I could have been fucking the dark-skinned women. Right. Right? And I said to her, so why are you only sending the pictures of women who are light-skinned and long hair? I said, I don't, I said, I don't know these women. I just take pictures when I have to show and post it. That showed me how people think. Like, you know, I put the the asses on my Instagram every month. Now that I got your attention, big booty yeah. and all that, yeah. right? So one girl said to me, oh, I see your type. Just because I put ass up on the thing don't mean that's my type. <laughs> I look at myself as Hugh Hefner of Instagram hosting beautiful women. Yeah. That's, that's all I do. Type. But that's how people will think in this world. And this is the reason why we have so much confusion with race. We have so much confusion with acceptance. We have so much confusion on so many levels. And I just, I don't see it ever being fixed. It's like people getting shot and and murdered. Like, I'm, I'm quite sure I'm much older than you. So imagine Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Imagine the Jesse Jacksons and all the way up to now, we've always had marching, killing of some sort. Mm-hmm. And some things have changed, but the people, the cops who need to hear the story are not listening. The brothers who are killing each other are not hearing these these programs either because they're not listening because it's still going on. Now, my philosophy with racism, I believe that you'll never be able to get along with someone, right? I just believe that. <clears throat> but you can respect me, and I can respect you. Right. Right? We're not going to get along. It's just life. But if I respect you, respect me, guess what? We'll have proper order, and we could go on about our business. And if African Americans would just understand that we have to, I know that you know the majority of white people have the, the the TV shows and all that. But if we had the ability to come together, because we have more African American millionaires more so than ever, but we all are on our own. Nobody's coming together, and it's too many leaders. Too many, too many leaders and not enough Indians. Right. Too many. And everybody's going so many different directions. So we'll never win that particular way. So what we have to do is work hard, get a great education, get a proper trade, 
raise your children, understand marathon. Let me say something to you what people don't understand about marathon. Our goal is to get our children ready for the next 180 years, right? 80 to 100 years. Okay. Then they pass it on to their children. It's called passing the baton. You can't accomplish everything that you want in your lifetime. So when we talk about whites, they didn't do all this in a year. All this came over four or 500 years. So our goal also is that we want to be doing extremely well for 500 years from now. But you know what the game changer is and nobody's seeing it? It's the Mexicans from Mexico who will be running this country in 100 years. So they're coming in by the boatload, the truckload. And everywhere I go, and I travel all the time, they got all the jobs at the airports now. You think you're in Mexico until you go to Georgia or North Carolina. Even South Carolina, because I'm from Greenville, South Carolina, so they're very heavy in this area. They're heavy. You see them everywhere, all the stores, the airports, and nobody, nobody's talking about that. And I'm not against them. I'm, I'm going to make sure we're clear about the Mexicans. Okay. I'm not against them. I see the movement. And they didn't have a civil war in America, right? They didn't. Right. They they have. I'm quite sure they have a little racism, but you don't hear their fight. You know, you hear their fight because what the government does at the border, taking their children from them and separating families, which I think is horrible. But they will come back with a vengeance. And when the first Mexican American Mexican president becomes president, because that's going to happen. Trust me, it's going to happen. They're going to take care of their people. Whereas when you are African-American, that's why I wish Obama was really from the hood. I mean, in his DNA. Obama was black, but he still had white in him. I want a black president that everybody in his fucking family is black. And let me explain to you why. If you come off the corners, street corners, you've seen people die, number running, you know, drug dealers. But you're honest, though. You're honest. Yeah. You're an honest guy, right? But you are president yeah. of the United States. You will fight like hell to make sure that the African-American man and woman will get their reparations, you will fight like hell to send the um, government or state troopers or National Guard, that's what I'm going to say, into the communities where African-Americans are killing each other. Because it can be stopped. Like they shut the country down during the pandemic and the crime rate went down. They could do the same thing. Yep. They could do the same thing to save lives. All the money that we give to other countries, we give millions to other countries. And we still got homeless people. We still got homeless people. We still got homeless people, and we could do so much more for... And it's not that... It's, 
we can't help the homeless people. See, what we have to stop doing is raising the price on mortgage and rent. You got to keep the numbers low because the salaries are not going up. So how is that people are raising the prices on mortgage and their rent when the jobs are not paying you the type of money to keep up? This is why I try to explain to people, work hard and start an online business that you can sell things to people while you're working. And I guarantee you, you pick the right online business, you will prosper in this game. Just got to have the ambition, the knowledge. You got to know how to put boxes together, send people out their items. And I'll talk to people about this at a later date. You know, I have three companies doing that. I just, like I said, I'm just real quiet about how I move. See, that's something. That's something that that's, I, that's something that I want to learn. You know, I guess an online business. Yeah. You know, to be able to make money while I'm sleeping. You know, I can. I'm still. I'll still mess with the real estate because you always got to have two or three incomes. Yeah. So, but I want to have that one to where I can constantly make that money and you know put myself in a better position. You know, I didn't. I've seen a lot of stuff. You know, I didn't come up rough. I came up a little rough, but it wasn't like. A lot of people, you know what I'm saying? I've seen, right. you know, bodies, I've seen drug dealing, I've seen it all. Right. Um, but by me being, I guess me being the only child, and I think that's why once I start watching a lot of your interviews, and I think I kind of gravitated towards you because I lost my father about four years ago. Okay. But uh, he did uh, he did 15 years straight. Okay. And I never really had, like, uh the father figure, like, I guess, in my life. So I kind of learned how to be a man on the fly. And my mom did the best she could. And, I mean, best mom I could ever ask for, you know. And, you know, we got a great relationship, but it's kind of like when I have certain situations to where I feel like I need a man's advice, I could go to my, you know, go to my friends, but I don't feel like their advice is, is sufficient enough as far as like I I need like a like a like a OG or, or somebody I, I look up to as a, you know maybe a father figure type person to give me that advice you know because I never really got that in that guidance so it's just like you know I guess, I guess I never really got the time that I wanted with him because once he got out he was out for maybe about a year and a half two years and I uh, got sick and he passed away but before he did the 15 straight he did six more, but he had he, basically he had been locked up basically my whole life, okay. in and out, in and out. Fifteen was the longest stretch that he did. Yeah, and, and you know what killed him, right? That food, that food in jail. <laughs> That's what did. And he never told. He didn't tell me that he had cancer when he got out. Only yeah. reason I figured it out uh, once he got sick because I was taking him to all his doctor's appointments, and once they said that's what it was after he passed away, I had all of his. Um, his papers and everything, like when he came home and I started reading through his papers, I said, darn, he was sick, but he never wanted to tell me because I guess he didn't want me to worry. But I would have felt better if he had told me. But either way, once he got out, I, I told him, you the dad, I'm the son. I still love you. Even though we 
we can't get that time back. Let's just go from here. Right. He said, that's what I need to hear. He said, I love you too. We're going to make the best of it. But he knew he yeah. was sick at the time. He never told me. <clears throat> oh, there's that food that when they go to jail, I have so many friends who went to jail and that food is not, is nothing nutritional about that food that they give you in jail. Then on top of that, the stress on top is like, it's a cocktail for death. Stress and that horrible food. And then, have you ever been locked up before? No, I've never been locked up. It's a horrible feeling, Sam. It's a horrible I'm feeling. That I, <laughs> that probably could have got me up. I've never been there. And right. I don't ever want to go there, but that's my yeah. time to be The conditions, the yelling, the screaming, the fighting, the killings in there, the way the, the, the COs might treat you, no sun. Locked up, man, that is really no place for nobody to go. And this is why when we get pulled over, I'm not saying it could prevent anything from these cops shooting you or hurting you, but you have to use reverse psychology. These young people got to stop cursing at the police and disrespecting the cops to provoke them. Right. Mm-hmm. You've got to be quiet, yes, sir, no. And I know people don't want to do that. Oh, TK, you, you, you being a punk, you, you, you kissing these white people asses. Nigga, ain't no, don't nobody got a motherfucking criminal record longer than me. <laughs> Believe me when I tell you that. My shit is thicker than the fucking Bible. The goal <laughs> is to get home safely. Right. If you're going to drive your car, make sure you have your tickets paid. Make sure you have your registration. If you ain't got none of that, don't be in the streets one, two o'clock in the morning. Because they're going to pull you over. Right. Great if point. Shit ain't right, right. If your shit ain't right, don't be on the motherfucking streets. If they pull you over. Stop talking shit. What the fuck you talking me for? Don't do that. Yes, sir. No, sir. Now, don't get me wrong. It's going to be some fucked up people, cops, that might still do some fucked up shit, and that's when you just got to pray and hope for the best. But if you listen to me and they do the right thing, it's a possibility you could get home. You know, it's probably... You know, I hate the situation about the Breonna Taylor situation, you know, and we all know that was an inside job as far as um, the cops not prosecuting, the system not prosecuting the cops. When they gave them the $12 million, you already knew what it was going to be. Definitely. You already knew what was going to happen. So... When they said 12, no disrespect, I'd have asked them for 24. I'd have asked to double what they asked for. No, no, no. You want me to stay quiet? You want me to turn the other cheek? Give me 24 million. Even though it's not going to bring my child back, but give me 24 million. Right. And see, and the attorney that they had, that black attorney, he's not really doing anything. 
he's setting deals and just get the check. Yeah, he's just putting his face on it. That's all he's doing. He's the modern day Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. That's it. He's not really mm-hmm. going in there fighting. He's going in there to get a check. And motherfuckers have seen it because I see him on all these cases now. And, and, and I guess since now, since he's been, he, people have been getting paid with him, everybody thinks he, he's the golden child, I guess, for attorney. Yeah. And I'm not trying to hate on the man because he, he got his, he's getting his fame. But I like for people to see the reality of certain things. Like you gotta, you gotta see the truth when, when you look at shit. You got to be, you can't be caught up in the perception, the confusion. This man is not really doing anything. That wasn't Ben Crump. They had Ben Crump. Yeah, I think his name is Ben Crump. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. And I want to say let's go to war. I want to say that. But again, only a few of us will go to war, but we're going to lose. Yeah. See, in the 60s, everybody was banned together to go to war. Black power, our women wore afros and had afro <laughs> pigs. But we, women got weeds now, fake titties, fake ass. Our men want to be bisexual, gay. Our women want to be either a woman or bisexual, like our whole community has weakened. On so many yeah, we don't know who we are. And that has been the plan for the whole system since the beginning of time. And I just don't understand why there's so much hatred in the world when we should just come together. Like, to hear the Democrats and the Republicans fighting each other like it's the Raiders against the fucking Seattle, Washington, it shouldn't be that way. If, you, if you're in public service, the Democrats and Republicans should work together for everybody to win, not compete against each other. They compete against each other like it's a game. Oh, we're going to fight for the poor, we're going to fight for the rich. How about let's work together? without this fighting, without this argumentation. And all the news that we talk about is Donald Trump and black crime, but nobody's talking about sex trafficking. Got to be pedophiles out there. We need to talk about that more because there's so many things that's getting past us and we're losing beautiful people. And our whole thing should focus on Stopping it. That's all I'm saying. That's my thing with all this show. This, 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 this is crazy. I guess us as black, and I thought about it too, if we, we don't know how powerful we are if we were to come together. Like, we can get anything we want, but we don't have, we just don't have it to be able to work together. I mean, we can work together, but we, we're just not unified like we should be. Like, we, like I agree. It's, it's not, and I don't know what to say anymore. I've seen so much, and I'm just sitting back, and I'm just 
You know, you try to get people to vote. They complain about why they shouldn't vote. You get people to try to do this. They talk about why they're not getting this done. And it can, it can really be a hard um, mountain to climb. Our our women and, and some of our men are not um, taking care of their health the way they should to live to fight another day. Right. And I've been, I've been a vegan for years now. So. Yeah, good. So you, so you got to take care of your health, yo. In the pandemic, we lost so many African-American people because people just put anything in their body. It's crazy. And I try to talk to a lot of my friends not to do what I did, but just take better care of yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Watch what you're eating. You had a high blood pressure. The cholesterol and this and that, and then you have to take this medicine. But I'm telling you, trying to help you and tell you, you know, maybe try this right here. This will help you out. Right. But, but I'm telling you, you just look over it. You don't want to do it, but you'll go to the doctor and he give you these pills. You'll take these pills. Yep. But that's, that's hurting you worse than what, what I'm hurting you worse. And that's another way they kill us is how they get our children in school because social media gets you depressed. So you take your kid to see a therapist, and you know what the doctor say when you come in there? Because your parent can't go in there. Um, so you feel suicidal. And 99% of the kids say yes. And then the, the doctors put them on prescription. And now your child is, has a record for the rest of their life that they was on this medication. So when you start getting insurance, you start doing some things, you might get turned down. Because people don't think about that. You might get turned down because of what that person has gone through when they was a child. Mm. Crazy. I, I didn't think about that. Yep. It's all set up, yo. Let me tell you how cold the setup is. Even when you're 18, the government sends you a credit card. No damn well you can't afford it. These credit card companies send you a credit card. When I was younger, probably like a thousand, probably two, three thousand now. They send you this money because they know you probably can't afford it. They know you're going to spend it to the max, and you're going to take ten to fifteen years to pay back the three thousand. With that three thousand, with interest, probably will be maybe ten thousand or eleven thousand. And then if that company goes out of business, another company picks up that debt and brings it over to them. So they're following you until the day you die. And this is why this country one day will explode like a pimple because of debt accumulation. Everybody borrowing money. Hey, Robin Paul to pay Peter. That's it. And that's one thing, when I started building my house, that's one thing, that was my goal. I said, when I finish this house, I ain't going to owe nobody, no mortgage, no nothing. So I've just been using my own bread. So when I'm done, yeah. it's paid for. You know, I always tell people, because they keep asking me, oh, well, when are you going to be finished with the house? I'm like, sure, give me a little bit. I'll be finished because I'd rather take two years versus 30 years. That's right. And you have 30 mortgage. 
but it took me two years to build this house using my own bread. You got a you got a house that you still pay, you still got twenty thirty years to pay on your house. I'm done. Right. That's so true. That's so true. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you learned something from us today. As always, this is the TK Kirkland podcast. You know, let's give a shout out to Shell Anderson if you need your credit taken care of, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to me. I've been telling you all for over a year, three years, about taking care of your credit and getting your credit together. It's so important that you people stop playing with your credit. And don't get me wrong, eventually everybody will come to the right decision to gonna put it to want to do the right thing. Sometimes it's just about maturity and growth and who you raise with. All right. So if you got problems with Equifax experience in TransUnion, um make sure you get text to four seven oh seven 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 two zero one seven or DM Cheryl Anderson at Platinum Wealth Consultant for more information. Platinum, P-L-A-T-I-N-U-M-W-E-A-L-T-H-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-A-N-T. Platinum Wealth Consultant for more information, right? So the pandemic is lifted in some areas, ladies and gentlemen. So October 7th. Sometime me and the Goody Mob is going to be a cold show. Um, it's called The Shit Show. Showtime starts at 9 p.m. Make sure you um, get your tickets. Don't forget your mask. Um, it's going to be a great night um, in Atlanta, Georgia, at the world-famous compound. If you're in Indianapolis on October 8th, 9th, and 10th, and the 11th, ladies and gentlemen, check me out at the world-famous Helium Comedy Club in Indianapolis. That show right there is going to be off the chain. Let me get you some more information on that. Um, just go to just go to um, just go to Helium Comedy Club. Um, you can call for you can purchase. Well, here it's three one seven three four nine forty hundred. Let me give you the number again. 317-349-4800, Helium Comedy Club, 10 West Georgia Street, Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, Showtimes is uh, 8 p.m. on Thursday, Friday at 7.30, 10 p.m., Saturday at 7.30, 10 p.m., Sunday, one show, 7 p.m. Come check out the one and only T to the motherfucking K. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the TK Kirk Show. Thank you so much for your time, fam. And continue listen to the podcast, spread the word to the people um, that you meet about this because these jewels are it's not like other other people podcasts where where they're complaining and just putting people down. What I try to do on this show is give people a chance to voice their their stories so other people can have motivation and give people jewels and gems that they can use in their life to better their life. That's what we do over here. 
possibly soon into the world from Gary, Indiana to London to Germany to Japan to the streets of Oakland to the streets of Compton to the streets of Jersey City, New Jersey, my hometown. Major pain be champagne. Salute, family.